0: Chapter 29, May 1996, age 41. It was around two in the afternoon when Robert and his old friend Angelo, who had come to Florida for a visit, were sitting at the bar in the lounge of Blue Fountain Hotel. And so I go over to Sid's cousin's print shop, climb on the roof and douse it with gasoline, Robert said. He took a sip of the scotch he had been nurturing between his hands. I get down off the roof with the bright idea that I would use a Molotov cocktail to set the building on fire. So I pour some gasoline into the bottle, put a rag in it, and lit it. Now, my intention is to make the bottle land on the roof, but the building is taller than I'm thinking, and it hits the side instead, which just happens to be right where all the electrical stuff comes out of the building. So the fire didn't last very long, and all it really did was burn up all the wires. Why didn't you just... Throw another Molotov cocktail onto the roof, Angelo asked. Robert slapped the bar top. Now that's a brilliant idea, except I didn't think to bring more than one bottle. Angelo started laughing. So I call up Sid and tell him the job's done, knowing good and well that it ain't, and that I wanted the other half of my money. He had already paid me the first half up front, Robert explained as he waved his drink in the air, causing a little of it to slosh out. He took a thirsty mouthful of the drink, Anyway, Sid said he needed to make a call and would get back to me. Well, I'm guessing he called the print shop and couldn't get through because all the wires are burned up because he calls me back and told me to come get the money. I don't need to tell you. I get there as soon as I can. Sid gives me the money. I spend it before he had a chance to find out the truth. I tell you, man, he was mad when he found out the building was still standing. Oh, man, I'll bet he was. Robert finished off the drink and signaled the bartender for another one. Angelo laughed. I guess you officially fell off the wagon. Robert's laughing subsided. What do you mean by that? The bar stool squeaked as Angelo adjusted himself. I mean, I thought you quit drinking. We're supposed to be going to AA meetings. Are you my mother now? Robert swore at him. I don't need you babysitting me. Angelo held up his hands defensively. Sorry, man. Yeah, you're sorry. The bartender sat the next double in front of Robert, who downed it in one gulp while staring at Angelo. He then slammed the glass in front of him. Let's go. As they were walking out the door, Robert put his finger in Angelo's face. And if you go blabbing, saying I fell off the wagon to anybody, I'll put a hole in your head. You got it? Robert walked into his mother's condo to the sound of a solemn voice broadcasting from the TV after being out all night and into the early morning hours. His mother was in her chair with a tissue in one hand and her rosary in the other. He looked at the TV and saw a large plume of dark, menacing smoke rolling skyward in what looked like a swampy surrounding. The source of the smoke was unseen. The caption at the bottom of the screen read Valued Jet Flight 592 crashes in Everglades. What happened? Robert asked as he sat down on the couch. An airplane crashed. She wiped her runny nose. It's not very far from us, just in the next county over. I mean, why are you crying? His mother started weeping so hard, her shoulders shook. Ma, Robert said, as he knelt down beside her and took her hand. I never knew you to be so sentimental about these sort of things. I'm not. It's just... She blew her nose, threw the tissue in the trash can next to her chair, and got a fresh tissue from the box on the end table. After dabbing away, tears from both cheeks, she looked at her son. Her eyes were tired. You've got to leave. What? Why? I can't take it anymore. Take what? Watching you destroy yourself. What are you talking about? She yanked her hand away from his. Oh, Robert, don't act like I don't know. What, do you think I'm blind? Do you think I can't tell when you're hopped up on drugs? Do you think I wouldn't notice the microwave was gone? Robert looked silently at his scuffed shoes. I warned you when you first came here that you needed to keep your nose clean, but you got right back into it the first chance you had, didn't you? Still, Robert didn't say anything. There was no sense in denying his mother's accusations or the self-proclaimed prophecy he made the day he met with Nicky over a year ago. He knew the cycle well and still charged into the same territory that had gotten him into trouble many times. As he was told, the money he made through Nicky's shylocking business was sizable and gave him the means by which to buy a new car, a 1994 red Acura Integra, and lots of nice clothing. For a while, he continued to attend the AA meetings, at the same time beating up men who were late on their payments to Nikki. Nicky was content knowing that Robert had a new motivation for staying straight, his family. But Robert wasn't a man in possession of a long attention span, and the money, of which none ever went to his mother, reawakened his craving for the fast and furious lifestyle. Mixed with an opportunity to impress a girl he met at AA, the craving opened up the doors to alcohol and cocaine. Once again, Robert allowed the drug into the driver's seat. And now Lauren and the baby won't be coming to see me. She lifted Robert's chin so that he was forced to look directly into her swollen eyes. I don't get to see my grandchild. She let go of his chin and started sobbing again. Robert got up from the floor. Sorry, Ma. Silence squeezed a break in the conversation as Robert hoped that a little pause and his sincere remorse would cause his mother to reconsider. But even before she spoke, the uprightness of her head, no eye contact, and one last sniffle conveyed her final decision. You can stay to the end of the week, then you've got to go. On Friday, Robert was on a plane headed for New York, and then another stay at the Daytop Rehab Center. He called Lauren, who hadn't been answering his calls for a while, and left a message that he'd be moving back. He also told her that he wanted to go back to Daytop to clean up. That was the hook that got her to return his call. She agreed that rehab was what he needed and told him she would pick him up at the airport. While reclining in the coach seat of the Boeing 737, thoughts of his friends in Brooklyn, who would be more than happy to accommodate his addiction, kept popping up in his mind. When facing his demon, he fought back with images of his daughter, now almost three years old. He could see the two of them running on the beaches of Florida, her little feet moving twice as fast as his just to keep up, and him swinging her to make up the distance between them. He saw the pictures Lauren had sent him. His favorite was the photo taken of her in a Dalmatian puppy costume. The serene thoughts were suddenly interrupted by a very appealing idea. Since he was headed for rehab from his drug habit, why not have one last hurrah before going straight? He had a little cash on him. He could make more by playing the Joker poker machine at Vito's and maybe afterwards he would get high just one more time. But there was a major kink in his plans. Lauren was going to meet him at the airport, pick him up and take him straight to Daytop. That was the deal he made with her. If he was going to be a part of her and Brianna's lives, he would have to go through the entire six-month program. He thought to avoid her altogether. He could call up. Who could he call? He couldn't think of anyone's name, much less a phone number. He'd have to just take a taxi. Of course, that would make Lauren mad and possibly create a larger fracture in their fragile relationship, if not to altogether destroy it. But he was good with making up excuses, and he was sure he could come up with one that would salve over any damage caused by leaving her hanging at the airport. Just the thought of another line of cocaine made him tremble. Robert swore as he opened his eyes, annoyed at himself for even entertaining the destructive thoughts. He forgot he was sitting in the middle of two other passengers. Oh, sorry, he said to the elderly woman on his left, whose eyes were wide with surprise. I was just dreaming.